Ah, uh, hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors, wherever you are in the world. I do hope you're having a good day. Welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast. Woo! This is episode oh, 89. Ah, and today I am very fortunate to have uh, Joseph O'Connor. Now, this gentleman here, ah, yes. Um, apart from being a coach who has, well, he has coached over... How can I say it? Over 1,500 people in 30 countries um, written 19 best-selling books. And yeah, uh, over half a million copies. Yeah, he makes me feel a little bit lazy. But <laughs> let me say this. How are you today, sir? How are things in your world? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for, for the invitation. It's, uh, it's a great pleasure to be here. Uh pleasure is all mine and uh, like yes i was like very intrigued because like look at, I, I caught an eye of your bio like on uh match it and i was like oh my god yes this is a chap i definitely want to speak to especially with the way the world has been this year 2020 how can i put it um has been a boat from the blue i think from literally everyone like with regards to the realm of like coaching at the time at the time of this there was a we're going to in the uk especially england there's is it the rule of six is it now rule of six i think from next week yeah something yes. like that it, it sounds something out of like out of a sherlock holmes story doesn't it well it, it would make it it would actually make a good actual title for a book the rule of six. Uh, yeah, we are, it's not a lockdown, but it's sort of a slight step back. And yeah, in your sort of field of things, uh, that's definitely a, like where things were sort of like moving more and more back to normal, maybe with a little bit of social distancing in the world, world of coaching. How, like, how do you, how has it been sort of long-winded? How has it been for you guys? <sighs> Well, as, as a coach um, and a trainer, I, th I think that there's something really important about being there, being human contact, you know, looking other people in the eye and seeing them. Uh, and when you're removed from that, that something goes a little bit missing. Um, it's, it's difficult. Some of it can be made up. But I've certainly been very used to face-to-face -face training uh, and face-to-face -face coaching. And so then with not being able to do that, uh, certainly has been a challenge, but we're, I'm doing my best to make it up um, via Zoom. Uh, there's, you know, there's challenges, there's difficulties, there's also compensations. Uh, but I think that um, it's been, <laughs> as, as someone in England, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm tempted to say interesting, but then interesting is code in English for anything from really awful <laughs> to something really quite wonderful. It's been challenging for sure, everybody. Uh, there's been a lot of difficulties. There's been a lot of opportunities, certainly. Um, and it's by no means over. Life goes on. So... Um, I, I think it's for all of us, it's, it's made us more alert and more, uh, I mean, you know, we, we, do, we, do, we have taken life for granted a lot, haven't we? When, 
especially especially in the digital age you know we have computers and technology and just in time and stuff is on the on the um the shelves of the supermarket just when we want it it's it's wonderful and when it works it works perfectly but then when you get something like this uh, very small virus uh, causing a very large pandemic you realize just how fragile that kind of ecosystem is um, and then you know you you need to look more perhaps to your own resilience and uh, your own um, making things happen because there are a lot of things that we can't rely on so much anymore and of course it's changing all the time we don't know where this is going we hope that there'll be a normal but uh, as time goes on uh, people talk either about the new normal <laughs> which <laughs> which doesn't make any sense whatsoever there's no such thing as a new normal um but uh, it seems like we're not going to go back to where we were in many many uh, aspects um, uh, at the beginning of the year it's almost like it was a different world in in christmas last year yeah no but like this is the thing when you mentioned the new normal like with especially doing podcasts and speaking to friends like i've i i have actually used that word what is the new normal going to look like several times uh more times you can actually sort of remember now because it's just like you know that we're going to go back to something like what it was before but you know it there's going to be some type of difference and like it's a case of people like going yeah what is the new normal um it's kind of like it's kind of September the 11th, when that happened, like the days before September the 11th, you remember the world one way, and then after, it was a different way. You can't, you can't sort of really sort of put your finger on it, but you knew there was something different about it. Uh, like, that was just one extreme day. And then this is more sort of a rolling uh, process, which is like, going, okay, it's going to be like this. Then the goalposts change again with like the rule of six, uh, and it keeps sort of ebbing and flowing. And people are kind of like going, "Okay, what is it going to look like? How is that going to feel?" And I think people are getting kind of lost in that and getting a little, I would say, a little bit frustrated right now. Yeah, um, it's it's partly to I think the this feel, the feeling of powerlessness um, it is. It's one of the more, most difficult things to to uh, deal with, you know, when when it seems like you just don't have any influence on what's happening. Um, you know, you have no influence on a virus uh, directly. You hope that you know the doctors and the, the immunologists and the people who are working on the vaccine know what they're doing, and, and that's great. Mm. But you know, for the likes of us, um, we have to do a lot of reacting to to what's happening, and that's difficult. And uh, I, I'm always, I'm always saying, and I'm always thinking, the new normal, whatever that's going to be, is something that we need to create, not something that we need to kind of uh, react to or get imposed on us or something like that. I think it's important to remember that we are all part of a creation of a new normal of of what we're doing, um, and and that I think gives that thought, at least to me, gives me some hope, some power some feeling of well what I do does matter mm. and um, it does have some influence and I have some choice in areas of my life in what I do 
it's weird. It was, it was just uh, totally something funny. Um, do you remember at the beginning, uh, around about January, February, there was a lot of uh, news around about our oh, supermarket shelves are going to give out and, you know, we're not going to get any food and toilet paper seemed to be a particular fetish of many people. And I remember going, going around the supermarket uh, and thinking, well, I better buy an extra one of this and an extra, oh, oh, there's nothing left here. Ah, these, these hoarders, you know, <laughs> these people who are buying it all up. And then I think, just a minute, <laughs> what am I doing? It's like when you complain about traffic, uh, you realise that you are traffic. <laughs> <laughs> am I part of the problem or am I the solution? Well, you're part of, well, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. not either or, but it's a bit yeah. of both. And uh, I think it's, it's a matter of choice and what you can do is to... to Try to be part of the solution. Yeah, but but this way, uh, at the beginning of it all, it was like yes, I was I was I was I was thinking of movie scenes where yeah, a deal was going to go down, and like it's like going yeah, I've got I've got ten kilos of toilet paper. Just see them open it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading in. It's like yeah, okay, where's the hand sanitizer? Come on. <laughs> yes, yes, I'll swap you ten rolls for, for three bottles of sanitizer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, absolutely crazy. But yeah, <laughs> does make me laugh. But I know what you like to sort of go back to one of your points about the sort of training and coaching in person. You kind of lose something when it's over Zoom. I um, went before I got furloughed. Um, I, I had sales training, like, which was once a month, and I oh, for the life of me, I cannot remember the lovely lady's name came in to do it, but. There'll be a, a whole group of us in a room getting the training, and it was like, "Yeah, great." And then it was sort of like just as sort of everyone sort of got turfed out of the office around about mid March, we had another sales training, and you, it was maybe it was like there wasn't that sort of energy in like you get from other people being in a room, uh, but it definitely lost a couple of beats on it. You couldn't like it was like yeah you could have the sort of breakout rooms you could do on zoom but it was just like something's not just right here it's like ah i can i like i do not know what but it was just like just felt a little bit off and i think that must be very difficult for anyone who does trick like who's done training on a like one-on-one -on -one basis or on a group basis so all of a sudden to go to remote must be a I, quite a challenge just to say it's yeah it, it's different i mean I'm, I'm i'm very interested in neuroscience and how the brain works mm. and, uh, you know as a coach and a trainer and consultant of course we're, we're kind of dealing in psychology um but at the same time there's an awful lot about how the brain actually works which is fascinating and um as neuroscience research goes on and on, it's certainly modifying, changing, and overturning, in some cases, our ideas in psychology. But our brain, of course, is something that's been evolving now for you know, hundreds of thousands of years. And when you look at history, um, during that time, for 99.9% .9 of it, we've been people who have interacted with each other, uh, you know, person to person. Uh, not so long ago, people would live and die in the same village. Uh, 
you know, without moving at all to, to go somewhere else, to go to the big city would be quite a, a journey. Mm. It would be difficult. And to go to another country would be amazing. And I'm really grateful for the fact that uh, we've been living, I, I've been living in an amazing time of being able to go to so many countries, see so many different people, travel so much. It's just fantastic. And there's something that um, may not come again in the way that it has been. So, you know, that's, that's incredible. But to get back to the point about the brain, you know, the brain is wired for um, physical contact and communication. That's, you know, it's just the way it is. It's not good or bad. It's just how history is, uh, you know, the, the evolution. Evolution takes what's there and, and adapts to it. And that's what's been there. Now, more and more and suddenly accelerated, we're going into a position where we don't interact so much face-to-face -face with people. We, we, it's not so physical. Here we are, you know, looking at the screen. And there's no doubt that our brains will adapt to that um, in some kind of way, but it's going to take time and it's going to feel a little bit strange to start with and we're going to have to find workarounds. Uh, and it's just, you know, we are amazingly adaptable uh, as human beings. We, whatever, whatever gets thrown at us, we are able to adapt to it. Uh, we, you know, <laughs> every, every few weeks there's a new normal uh, and we adapt to it. It's amazing. So and no, no doubt we will. But at the same time, our, our brain has certain strengths and it also has certain limitations in terms of, of what it's used to. And these are something I think we need to be very aware of in terms of the limitations and be very aware of in terms of the strengths and start to use those. Mm. Yeah, I going past our limitations and basically using those to sort of grow. Uh, yeah, I would say with regards to like sort of going with, okay, yes, uh, we started out in small communities, like small villages, like, and then sort of going to the big city and where we are today, where we are international, global, and we can travel wherever we are, like want to be. Like there is that sort of rule of 150 where you're not meant to make more than sort of 150 sort of connections. And when it gets beyond that, it gets a little bit do that, like a little bit loopy for all of us. And like one of the things I found with regards to like, if, like say LinkedIn, there are people who are like, oh yes, I've made 10,000 connections. And yet they most already could most walk past most of their connections without sort of like knowing who they are. And that's like, oh, yeah, when you connected with that person on LinkedIn? Oh, yeah, what's their name? I don't know. But yeah. sort of building these sort of bonds and connections over technology, I think it, a lot of it's become quite sort of impersonal. Like this, like communication, like right now, what we're doing over Zoom, even though we haven't met each other, but this is the whole thing. We're spending a, like, a healthy chunk of time communicating right now which is a damn sight healthier than sort of like I send you a connection request and off we go and might yeah. send you a message every now and then which I think we need to sort of fight back to getting that sort of back to that type of normal because right now 
I know the world is like, I know, stay at home. Like, don't stay at home, but stay at home, like, go to work, meet up with six people, don't go to him, don't meet up with seven people. All very confusing, but <laughs> you get what I mean. Yeah, sure. No, it's it's true. Uh, the you know our, our brain certainly I, I don't think can manage um, more than about 150 meaningful connections, mm. which is why in in uh, many uh, many organisations that's what they limit it to. You know, if uh, the army comes to mind for a start, you know you don't try and command more than that number of people because you simply can't connect with them. Then, of course, you get social media where you can have 4,000, 5,000 or, or in terms of followers, you could have millions. But that's not about that. That's more about status and more about a kind of number than anything else. Um, it's, it's not about a, a, a true connection in the way that we are used to connections of actually knowing people. So, yeah, it's it has changed. Um, and you know we're talking here and, and we have a we get an idea about each other in, in a in a way that of course is is much greater than a connection on linkedin <laughs> where you'd just be a name yes uh, and a number so yeah now sort of jumping off on a slight tangent i've got i've got to know like now <clears throat> With regards to, like, if you had to go to a restaurant, what type of restaurant would you go to? <laughs> what, right now? Um, <laughs> um, that's a funny question. Do you go to a restaurant for the food? Do you go to a restaurant for the, for the ambience, the, the atmosphere, or a bit of both? Um, I like to go to Japanese restaurants. I like to go to Italian restaurants uh, because I like that food. And uh, they also have tend to have a certain kind of atmosphere as well. That's rather nice. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if that's a, a quick pop psychology question. <laughs> oh, no, no pop psychology questions. Like, because like, I'm just trying to gauge if like meat is a thing in your life. Like if you are a meat eater or, like, or a vegetarian or vegan. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I eat meat. Uh, I like Argentinian restaurants as well. You get to get good meat there. And I lived in Brazil for many years, and in South America, um, you know, meat is is very important. Oh, then you very good too. Yeah, you must be a Gauchos fan then. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. <laughs> no, the reason for my like the reason why I'm sort of like sort of like segueing to like. There is a show on Netflix. Um, I don't know if you're a Netflix subscriber or whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's called The Chef's Table. I've heard of it, but I don't know it. Um, I think every, just about everyone subscribes to Netflix these days. It's part of the, the lockdown <laughs> essentials, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I've heard of that, but I, I don't know it. Okay. Like basically, like if food is your thing, like this show... Um, I think it's on its third season, and I think each season they do a different aspect of cooking. I think I haven't seen the previous seasons, but this year, uh, this season, it's about barbecue and like cinematography on this actual show. It uh, showed this like brisket which came out. I was like, literally, I oh my 
God, fantastic. Look, um, I'm, like, I've got this go. I'm halfway through the season at this present time. And yeah, for 2021, 2022, like, I want to go to at least one of the restaurants they've like basically shown. And like it's a place in Texas, uh, just outside of Austin. And I'm like going, oh my God. Like, I mean, it, there was enough barbecue for, like I to satisfy anyone's appetite. I'm just saying you should watch that. You you do well in Brazil then, because in Brazil they have what's called Rodizio restaurants. Mm. And uh, what happens there is basically there's a big salad bar and, and lots of other things that you can help yourself to. But the main course is the meat. And the meat comes round with waiters. They have it actually on a spit. They have it like a big spit of, of whatever it is. Uh, let's say beef or lamb or pork or, and of course different cuts of beef and with a very sharp knife and they'll appear at your table if you put a, a you, have, you have a red or a green card if you put the red card it means you're full you don't want any more if you put the green card it means you're open open to meat so and then they'll come up and then they'll ask you if you want that particular cut of meat and if if uh, you do then they will slice you some meat put it on your plate and uh, off you go it's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful restaurant. Uh, it's just a bit alarming to have someone appear behind you with a large piece of meat and a very sharp knife when you're not looking. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Like they had, you know, throughout South America, in England, when it came back to England, it's like, what do we have? We have rump steak, we have sirloin steak, mm. we have fillet steak. Okay, well, if you went to a, a, any type of South American restaurant, you'd have at least ten different sorts of steak. Yes, indeed. Like, yeah, I like it when they come out with their Groucho's platter, where they just show you the different like selections of steak. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Just to your point with that type of restaurant, um, they did have one in Islington. Um, like, I don't know what part of London you're in, uh, but just outside, just outside London. I used to live in Southwest London. Okay. Um, like, basically, um, Islington, North London. Uh, they used to have one of those restaurants. Like, um, I went there like to celebrate a one of my friends from university, uh, Johnny's birthday, and like he had a cousin up, and like it, it was like the worst restaurant in the world for his cousin to come up because he's a vegetarian. Like he was like a vegetarian. Yeah. It was like he had a salad, and I was like looking at him like going, "You're having a salad in this place." just a salad. I was like, oh dear. And like, basically, he had the salad, and I think he had a glass of water or something like this, trying to keep it cheap, and like, you know what I mean? I was like, fair enough. Then, like, when it came to the end of the night, when, like, Johnny went, okay, yeah, we're gonna split evenly across the board, and like, I saw him literally, <laughs> like, it went pale, just like, I can't afford that. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, he only had this, just he had a salad. Let him just pay for his salad. And like, it's like, yeah. But uh, I do love those type of restaurants. Do indeed. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm kind of using Chef's Table right now as a sort of targets for next year and the year after to go for. So give me a little bit of motivation. So it's like, yeah, I've got something to go for. Like, have you sort of set any targets for yourself for like 2021 or something like that? 2021 um well yes um 
I mean, a lot of it's to do with, of course, running a business and, and uh, keeping that business going, mm. um, which is important. Uh, that a lot of things that I, I would have liked to do, most of which involve travel, uh, I can't do at the moment, and maybe I will later, but uh, not at the moment. But it's it's like I, I'm quite modest in in my my goals at the moment um, I want to stay well I want to uh, to stay creative um, mm. to to be able to to work and to to do what I do um, coach and train and and hopefully help people uh, there's nothing kind of no if you're looking for some great uh, great goals that i've got no yeah, and it's of course <laughs> with with so much uncertainty around it's it's yeah. well got to be a little bit careful as, as you go along it, it's you've got to be i think very, again very adaptable very flexible in terms of of yes wanting wanting to do certain stuff but at the same time being willing to not to get um not to get attached to certain things because you know it may change commit certainly yeah and, and go for it but but if it doesn't work out well then you know uh, yeah. now like this is the thing uh, uh with regards to sort of like you mentioned travel i was like thinking okay like is there not even for business but you know is there like a particular beach or like you know some type of like you i take it you've traveled a lot in your time Yes, I have. Yeah. yeah, but there must be those sort of like, sort of couple of places where you're like, oh, I want to see this, and you know. Oh, yeah, I mean, there, there was one I, I was going to do this year, but it hasn't happened. I want to see the Northern Lights, and uh, had a an invitation to to do some training in in uh, Yakutsk, which is uh, a very large northern province of Russia. Um, you know, think Siberia. <laughs> it's like um, minus 50 degrees oh. in winter. That just hurts me thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But then, I mean, it's been really weird this this summer because it, in that, that part of Russia, it doesn't usually go much above, I don't know, 10, 20. They've had 30 degrees and more. Wow. Which, uh, you know, the change in the climate has, has been amazing. But um, no, I, I wanted to see the Northern Lights. Uh, I still want to see the Northern Lights and I will see the Northern Lights. It's just that uh, uh, it'll have to be another time. So that's one thing. I also wanted to, to go down the, to cruise on the, the fjords of Norway. Uh, but <laughs> not only travel, but cruising is not a particularly good idea at the moment either. So that will have to wait too. Uh, uh, yeah, like this is a Northern Lights. Um, I would like to see the Northern Lights. Maybe Canada side of things. Um, like Russia, not so much. Like it's just I don't know. Why not Russia? I don't like. I think if I went to Russia, I most certainly want to see Moscow first and foremost, and like yeah, sort of like stand outside the Kremlin, <laughs> uh, like. Dressed up as 007. <laughs> Miss Money Penny. 
license to thrill. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd love to see the Northern Lights in Canada. And like, yeah, cruises, not, like, not so much my bag, but yes, at this present time, uh, the cruise industry is looking at <laughs> getting on a boat. Not the best thing, but mm, I do think it's going to be important for people to like go, okay, I have like I have this sort of dream to fulfill or this goal or target, not related to sort of like I must work or anything like this, but just something where you're kind of restricted from doing right now to sort of celebrate it when things get back to normal, what? when the new normal comes into play. Yeah, but but also there's there's something else. Sure, yes, I've done a lot of travelling. Yes, I, I like to travel. Yes, there are spectacular things that I'd like to see and, and everyone would like to see. But at the same time, um, these things make us miss out on the the just the, the beauty and the wonder of what's right in front of our nose. So I, I, I had travels planned this year and didn't do any of them. So I've been in, in the UK uh, with a garden and to see the seasons move through uh, has been beautiful to see the birds, to see nature, to be able to walk around and, and just to see nature and appreciate what's there all around, but which we don't, which we take for granted because we, it, you know, it's always there. This is, this is what we do, isn't it? But once we get used to something, we don't notice it. Uh, it just becomes the backdrop. We'll miss it if it if it goes, <laughs> of course. Um, but we get used to it, and and we it's almost like we get entitled to it. And this it's been for for me it's been wonderful to reconnect with the seasons, mm. because living in Brazil, Brazil has less of the sea. You know the the seasons are much more clear cut, um, whereas English seasons being in the northern more up to the north. Uh, it's beautiful the way that it changes, the light changes, the trees change, the colours change, the birds change. And I've really, really enjoyed that. And it's not something that I've uh, appreciated before. And many for many years, I've not actually been able to anyway. So that's, that's been great. Mm. Yes, I, I've, <clears throat> I've seen some friends who've like gone uh basically who are up in the northwest they have hit uh wales uh north wales quite a lot uh, i've seen some guys doing at uh, snowden uh going up snowden which i've done that myself which i was quite fortunate because uh my girlfriend my lady's grandmother lives in landidno so we were, like had quite easy access to sort of snowden and that side of things and i've got to say it it was a great walk up there and I've seen pictures of people up there and they get to the top where it'll be like glorious sunshine at the bottom and then you get to the top and you can't see more than 10 miles or something like this. But um, people taking advantage of some of the things in the UK has been, I think it's been interesting for them because yeah, as you say, they they might be missing things which might be right in front of their nose, like that sort of aspect of beauty. Like, be fortunate for what you've got, and yeah, don't take thing like don't assume you're going to be able to go to other places when you might want to just maybe not venture as far. You got something right special, just where you are. But yeah, mm -hmm. 
The, the metaphor of the mountain climbing is, is a good one it, because it, it brings up a very important thing around goals and, and uh, you know, how we think about goals and what we want. Um, because let, let's put it this way. If you take the mountain climbing, I, I saw a picture um, a few months ago. It was an amazing picture. It was a picture of the top of Mount Everest. Oh, yes. Okay? And it had a queue. It was like a, a supermarket queue, you know. Yeah, going up just without the trolleys, just with you know people. Yeah. But there were there was I don't know fifty people there, hundred people there, queuing yeah. to the top of Mount Everest. And first of all, this is incredible because what was it? The I can't remember when when it was first climbed in the fifties, maybe I I just don't remember. But it was an amazing achievement to to climb, you know, the highest mountain in the world, and and that was an incredible achievement. Now it's almost like they're they're it's a day trip, it's not a day trip, but you know, there are, <laughs> there are package holidays <laughs> which involve climbing Mount Everest. Everything's got so much easier, the technology and everything else. But the, the point is, look, I'm supposing you had a goal to climb Mount Everest or to climb any mountain, but let's take Mount Everest because it's a big thing. Um, yes, the, the achievement of that, to get to the top <laughs> once you've queued, <laughs> is amazing and the feeling there is incredible and i haven't been there i've got to say but you know to look out over the himalayas and, and to just to feel my god i've done this it's incredible that's the goal achievement okay then you get the next people's kind of saying oh come on then come on then, mate <laughs> it's our turn now come on get, get get your move on and then off you go now what does that involve? That involves a couple of months preparation. It involves weeks of climbing up there, and it's going to involve weeks of coming back again. So you better enjoy the journey as well as the achievement, because the achievement is not going to last long, whatever it is. Mm. Whereas the journey is really, really important. That's, that's the main part of it. And if you haven't got some value and happiness and worth out of the actual journey um it's all going to be down to whether you actually make it yeah uh, and and then it's like uh, you know well i didn't i didn't get what i wanted and then you forget about all the incredible things that happened to you and what you learned and uh, everything else in the achievement of that it's a bit like an examination you know i, I played the guitar and i used to play the guitar professionally so i did a lot of examinations so then you could study for a guitar examination, practice, practice, practice. You play your pieces beautifully. Maybe something would go wrong at the time. You wouldn't pass. You wouldn't get your bit of paper. Was it not, was it not worth it? Of course it was worth it. No one can take away all of that practice, all of that skill, all of that learning and pleasure that you got from playing the guitar. The bit of paper is, is just almost like a um, some, something... Uh, extra it's almost like a temptation to, uh, to to do that so you know and this is something that, that's i think very important uh, when we think about things that yeah we do set goals and that's fine and so we should and we should do our very very best to to achieve them if they're worthwhile at the same time you've got to remember the journey is all you have and there's no guarantee that you're going to get your goal in the end. So you've got to make sure that, <laughs> that everything you do is something that's going to make you, make you happy. And the, of course, the other thing is that 
what, when and if you do achieve it, uh, which, is, which is great, um, you're going to get used to that. You know, it's, I climb Mount Everest. God, what can I do now? Well, I've got to go to go into space now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we we habituate to to things, and it it no longer has that same worth. And that's just the way our brain works. We habituate to this, and then it becomes the the normal. And you know, we know all all the research that goes. People who win the lottery, uh, we'd all love to win the lottery. God knows, of course we would, and it would be great. But six months later, they're back to the same level of happiness mm. that they had before they, they won the lottery because they've, they've adjusted. They've adjusted the lifestyle. Uh, I've done a lot of traveling. And uh, when I first started out, I used to go economy class. You know? yeah. And then it was great. You know, If you could get a window seat, this was amazing. <laughs> Yes, and, and different airlines, you know, different airlines you wouldn't go on because they didn't have so much uh, leg space. But windows, yeah. oh, fantastic, you know, and you didn't pay extra, and that was great. And then it got a bit better and then started to go by, um, by business class. Whoa, that first time in business class, oh, Christ. You know, <laughs> this, is, this is the way to live. Uh, and then, of course got used to business class and then there were certain types of business class I, I won't do any product placement for airlines but uh, you know some some airlines have a lot better business class than others and I can remember actually going first class on an airline I won't name it and I was and this was years ago I was so disappointed I was so upset because their first class wasn't even as good as some of the business class that I'd gone on Whereas if I'd been if I'd been from economy, I'd have gone. Oh, this is fantastic! <laughs> you know, I go. I'm going. Yes, yeah. yeah. like, So you know, it's about what are you what are you comparing it to? That's what that's what gives us the the rush. It's what we compare it to, and then uh, finally, I, I went first class in in one airline, and I was able to have a shower at thirty five thousand feet, almost like a mini office. How long ago was this? Which sorry, what? You had you went on first class and you could have a shower. How long ago? No, no, no. Oh, that, yeah, that's not the other airline. This is this is a, a, an airline where uh, I was bumped up to first class, oh. and they had a shower. You could have a shower, so of course I, mean, I had to have a shower. <laughs> it was like it was you know it was like a little cabin type office to yourself and and one person one. Uh, um, person to, to kind of meet what you wanted, um, air, airline staff. So it, it was just incredible. It was great. And now, now I'm afraid, I'm almost afraid to fly again because it's like the, <laughs> the comparisons that we make and we can't help doing it um, can lead to disappointment instead of thinking, well, this is what I've got and this is what's great about what I've got. And I haven't got what I had before. And... You know that's life. Um, you know you you can't argue with reality. You will lose every single time. So that's what it is. It is what it is, and you grateful for that. And you start to make comparisons or get disappointed because it's not what you think it should be or might be. Then you could, it's it's you're going to be unhappy, and uh, that's that's a pity. You know. Sorry, I've, I've gone on a lot about that, but I think it's important. Oh no, and like this is the thing, you raise a very important point and like it, 
I've seen it ring true, not from a personal point of view, but like from, um, I remember watching a Joe Rogan podcast when he had Tyson Fury on. And like basically Tyson Fury was like, he was brutally honest about what, like he hit the top, he was world champion and he was like, yes, I've done it all. It's like, fantastic. And then the next day he was like, I've done it all. Yeah, yes. It's just, <laughs> it's like, now what do I do? Yeah, and he was just like, <laughs> "Well, am I going to get that dopamine rush now?" Yeah. yeah. And then he said he just spiraled out of control, the drinking, drugs, and just kept on going down and down and down till he was like, "Yeah, literally." You like saw him, like when they showed a picture of him, like basically. I saw another picture of him on another podcast, a True Geordie podcast, where he was like really overweight. He was out with England fans during the last, like the World Cup before. And it was just like, because yeah, at that point, he didn't feel like if someone offered him death or whatnot, he would have been quite happy to just go. And like trying to sort of build that sort of new structure of sort of motivation to sort of like go, okay. The goal, the target, whatever, it can't be something where it's like, I've got that and it stops. It had, he had to evolve it to something like, okay, if I hit that, that's great. But the new sort of motivation, the goal, the target, the aim is like, yeah, how can I improve my life and keep on making it better? So it just keeps on evolving. So if he loses a title, it's like, so what? If he wins a title, it's so what? But... It was like how he can make his life better. And I think that is more people need to sort of look at the bigger picture because like if you've got a target which takes an entire lifetime, I'm I'm here to build a cathedral. You know, you know, that's something which you most probably won't complete in your lifetime. And you can like go start and fit like by the time you've shuffled off this mortal car, you know that someone's gonna take on the mantle. I feel sorry for that last soul who puts that last brick in and goes, the cathedral's done. Yeah, but they'll get all the, all the uh, credit. Yeah. Right? So they might get all the it'll brick. be a politician putting on the last brick yeah. and it'll be the photo. Yeah. It's like, it's a case of they need to find that next thing. And in like taking the sort of lessons from that, it's kind of like if you set an absolute goal, an absolute target, then you might be in trouble. It doesn't. It might not ring true with everyone, but if you're like, if that's been your ambition and drive, and it's been the real hunger, the driving force behind you, then you might be in trouble. If you don't find that next thing, hey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you pin your happiness, if you pin your happiness and self-esteem and and everything else on getting something mm. in the outside world, then you know that's that's very very risky because it's not in your control for a start. So you know, like like I said, like you said, yes, yeah, set goals, do your absolute best to get them. Sure, you know, full commitment. I'm not saying that. Uh, but at the same time, as you said, yeah, I got it. Fantastic. I got it. I didn't get it. Fantastic. I didn't get it. There's something else. I've learned a lot in the meantime. I'm still enjoying my life, my life, my my happiness, my vision, my mission, whatever you like to call it, does not depend on getting this particular thing, whatever it is, because 
whenever you get the thing, there'll always be a new thing. <laughs> that's, that's the rule of being human, right? There's always a new next thing, the next yeah. best thing that comes along. So it's, you know, stay out of the attachment. Um, but you, yeah, there's just one more thing I wanted to pick up because the, when we go for things, I think we can go in two ways. We can go outside to things, mm. uh, other people, um, goals that we get, uh, objects, etc., etc., experiences, but we can also go inside. Uh, and so if you have someone who's kind of reached the top of something where they don't have anything else to achieve, as it were, on the outside, mm. then they'll start to look for new experiences on the inside. And this is where the drugs, the alcohol, and all of those sort of things can come in. Because again, as human beings, we're, we're always looking for new experiences. And there's plenty of, uh, of um, chemicals out there that will change our experience because it changes the brain. Uh, unfortunately, most of them are very, very bad for us in the short or, or the long term, uh, either addictive or, or harmful. Mm. So... Uh, but at the same time, this doesn't stop us doing it. Uh, so all of the, you know, that, that, that's the other thing of, of what's on the inside, you know, what's, what, what is, what's in here? Who am I? All of these sort yeah. of questions will come up. And then this is, this is the depth uh, where it's really important and, and fascinating to explore but not easy to find guides or maps or anything else. So that, you know, again, in, in these challenging times, one of the challenges is that we're, we're kind of thrown back on ourselves because there's not a lot to go out and do. <laughs> you know? You're stopped from doing it. So you're sitting around, what are you going to do? You know, you've got your own company. Mm. Going to have to get to know yourself a bit more. <laughs> get to like yourself um and this this is interesting and uh and and just as as and rewarding in a in a different way but an important way indeed so like one of the things about yourself and like the whole thing i'd say you've got to have a, a evolving goal like uh, most people uh, one of their goals is to write a book or maybe write a two books or maybe three at the max. But you, 19 books. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, this is the thing, 19 books and most probably counting. Uh, do you have another book in the, like, about to come to fruition or? I want, I want, well, I want to write a science fiction book. Uh, I want to write a science fiction novel. That's what I want to do next. Um, of course, it's quite different from the other ones I've done. But uh, I mean, if we're talking about book, the, what do they say? They say that uh, in life, plant a tree, write a book, have a child. Um, so yes, good, that's all right. Um, but not as achievements, of course, but it's just a funny thing to, to say. But writing a book, um, Writing a book, if anybody thinks they're going to make money out of writing a book, then let me say right here, you won't. Not directly anyway. It's a huge amount of effort. Yeah. Uh, it takes a lot of time to get any quality. Um, and the amount that you'll make from it directly will be very, very little unless you're very lucky and hit the jackpot. 
um, but don't count on that. Uh, I write books because uh, about things that interest me. I write books about things that I want to learn about. Um, I have to be interested in it. I'm not interested in writing a book that I know a lot of things about and just dumping it on the page. I write about things that I'm, I want to learn about and I'm interested in, and I want to surprise myself. At the end of that book, I want to, to know a lot that I didn't know about this subject before. That's, that's the payoff for me. Then it, it goes out into the world and it, it does whatever it does. And if it does make any money, it will be indirect. Uh, in terms of books are very good marketing, as it were. You know, if you've written a book about something, then it makes you uh, a kind of expert about it and, yeah. and people will have heard about you. So that's good. So I'm not saying don't write books. I'm just saying that the, the if whatever you want from it is going to, it's very important to, to enjoy the process and to get something out of the process and to make sure that it, uh, you're not relying on making direct money from it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, I want to do a science fiction novel next. I have some ideas, but uh, it's finding the time. It's very difficult. Yeah, it's and uh, write, writing takes such a long time as well. I, I want to, I want to start. I want to do a kind of uh, writing consultancy of, of helping people to write books and and, uh, and articles because again, now things have changed. Content is king to some extent again, you know, websites, marketing, copywriting, books, all of this sort of stuff uh, becomes extremely important uh, in terms of, of letting people know about what you're doing. So this, I want to do this. And uh, it, it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, it's always amused me that writers have their own kind of psychological problem, you know, writer's block. <laughs> it's a, it's almost like you know if if you're a writer that this has a lot of artistic kudos but if you're a writer with writer's block it's almost like you're, <laughs> you're an extra special writer you've got this extra special gift of not being able to express it but it's just a, just amused me because you you don't hear about psychologist's block or fireman's block or police <laughs> I would save you from that burning building, but I've got. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I can't come into work today, Sergeant. Uh, I've got <laughs> not. <laughs> if I could just sit this out, I'm sure I'll be better, you know, later on. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, it's it's just it just amuses me. Um, that's not to say that writing isn't difficult and time-consuming, but uh, there's ways around it. Anyway, yes, books. You're going to write a book. Um, you know, oh, I don't, like, it's one of those things I've never really thought about to do myself. Uh, I, uh, over my course of my sort of brief time as a podcaster, I've spoken to people who've, it's taken them 18 months to two years to write a book. And then I've spoken to people who are like, yeah, I did it in two weeks. I'm not going, so I'm going, what <laughs> that 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 kind of always blows my mind. It's like, yeah, sure. I I wrote my book in two weeks. I was like, okay, more power to you. Um, with regards to writing a book, it's um, I don't know in which direction. If I think it's one of those things. If I started, I would actually understand where which direction I would want a book to go in. Because if it was something personal to myself, I 
I'd most really like, uh, yeah, this is a little bit too personal. I'm not too sure how much I would want it out there. Uh, if it was something more sort of like science fiction or fantasy based and everything like this. Um, I don't know if I would do a like proper novel. It might be a more of a graphic novel and like take things from there. So writing a book for myself. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's, I, I understand how much work goes behind it. So I don't like, I don't look at it and go, I don't take it lightly if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Now you've got to want, you've got to want to do it. It's got to be important. It's, it's a creative activity. And, you know, there are many wonderful writers that, that, that can't not, they, they have to write, you know, it's like a, a creative urge. They have to write. Yeah. Uh, they want to write. It's just brimming with ideas. It's fantastic. Um, and that, that's amazing. And I love reading. Yeah, I read a lot. Um, yeah so uh, it, it's a great it's a great pleasure yeah like one of the things i got to i've got to say yeah you should do that uh, do that sort of consultancy or training for helping people to write books and articles because right now um i think there are a number of people out there who really want to sort of they want to be heard but they can't sort of they, they don't have the starting blocks to sort of get things underway. And if they sort of had a helping hand, like maybe starting with the articles first and to sort of then maybe get enough reps in so they can do a book afterwards, I think that'll be very good uh, for, well, one, for yourself, but two, for a great number of people out there because right now, as you said earlier, content is king and for a lot of people, they're not actually getting that content out there. And it's just becoming more, as much content is out there, it's becoming more and more of an exclusive domain of a smaller group where you expect it to be bigger. But it just seems to be shrinking and this is the people who are getting their attention and these are the people who are just talking. So you kind of get a very skewed view of what the world is about it's like twitter is the dumpster fire of the internet i say it now i'm gonna say it forever and like it, it just is but the people who are generally the largest or biggest or have the loudest voices are the people who are frantically screaming about something not having a conversation because you know screaming about this topic that topic or whatnot and then they end up writing a lot more information or they attract so it's just a little too condensed for my liking i would like it to be a little bit more open so more people can have their voice speak yeah yeah that's about finding your voice you don't want you know when you start on something you don't want to have to reinvent the wheel mm. uh, it's it's good to have someone who, who knows and can help it, it's very similar to teach i used to you know, like I said, I was a, a professional musician. I was a guitarist. I used to teach the guitar. Um, and it's the same sort of thing. You're, you're teaching uh, someone to, to do something um, in, a, in a tried and tested way, you know, to, to you move your hands like this, to move your fingers like this, because this is what works, uh, to express themselves musically, which is fantastic. You know, to be able to, to express yourself musically like that is brilliant. And to be able to write and express yourself with words is, is also wonderful. 
So it's uh, more people do it, the, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Matt, will you sort of stem back to doing something more in the realm of music as well over the course of time, or is it just... No, no, I don't think so. I, I spent many years as a, as a professional as a classical guitarist, although uh, growing up in the 60s, I was in a rock band, yes. Everybody- <laughs> Everyone was in a rock band, played electric guitar in the 60s and early 70s. So, uh, yeah, I did that. But it was, it was classical guitar. Um, so I, I played that professionally and uh, also taught it. Uh, but I haven't done that now for, for many years. I still play. I've still got the guitar. And yeah. my, my hands remember. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> but if I sit down with the guitar, my hands will remember to do something. I just let them get on with it. How did you do that? Do what? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. It's like I, I have to disengage. I can't try to remember the music because I won't. But the hands will remember. It's the muscle memory. It's much, you know, it's, it's the most durable type of memory. Mm. It's the very last to go. Uh, in, in, so I, I'm not trying to remember the music and my hands will remember certain pieces and, and play them very well. And that's that's fun. That's fun. And sometimes I, you know, I can still play a little bit. So that's good. But it's, it's in. Uh, I'm more interested in other things now. Than that, right? So let me see. Now, <clears throat> drawing on my sort of infinite cosmic powers because I do have them. Now, if I could fulfill like one wish uh, for you, what would that one wish be? <laughs> oh god that's a trick question isn't it i'm not allowed to say three more wishes am i no no <laughs> I, no no you can't <laughs> it's an impossible question it either it'll either the answer will either sound very shallow or or very self-conscious and precious um i I just wish health and happiness to to um health health and happiness to to myself and everyone else and and of course particularly my family you you know especially again now we realize that uh, things that we take for granted like health uh can't necessarily be taken for granted and we've all been ill at some stage or other, you know, whether it's the flu or cold or anything else. And when you're ill, it's like, I can't, you know, I can't think, I can't do anything. I had so many plans. I wanted to do this and this, and I'm not going to be able to. So health is really important. So again, something we completely take for granted until we lose it. So that's, that's one of the most important things I think. And, and happiness, happiness in, in terms of being able to connect with others, being able to, to express yourself, being able to uh, appreciate this amazing world. Um, I, I wish that to myself and everyone else. I think these are, I think these are key points which are gonna be very important over the next few months. And I think you're gonna be really tested um definitely come november the 4th uh for the united states 
<laughs> that's going to be a, that's a, that's going to be a fun one to be an observer of. And yeah, and when Brexit finally comes to the end of its epic, long, very long saga, I think that's going to be a sort of real test to see uh, where we are as a nation and what's going to happen for the rest uh, of the world. It's going to, it's, it's, well, so far it's been, and it's going to be an even more interesting year, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, we'll look back on 2020 and think, oh, God, what happened there? <laughs> what did we do to deserve? It, it's, you know, we've had 10 years of a reasonably kind of stable uh, in the world, and suddenly it, uh, <laughs> the powers that be are thinking, okay, well, you've had 10 years. We haven't actually thrown anything at you for a long time. We're going to get it all this year. You can have this, you can have that. I swear to God, if 2020 was a person, they'll be most probably the most punched person there was. Oh, oh, it's 2020, him again, smack. <laughs> That's another story. But yeah, Ooh, I've got to say that. Well, we hear, we hear a lot about being resilient, uh, and sure, that's important, but I think you can go beyond that. I think you can be what's called anti-fragile, which is a, a funny word which was coined by um, Taleb, uh, Nassim Taleb, the, the guy who wrote the Black Swan book. He also wrote a book called Anti-Fragility, I think. And basically, uh, it's a step up from resilience. Resilience is very strong in the resistance of force and stress anti-fragile is being able to use that stress to become stronger so you're not just resisting it but you're actually as it were almost taking it in using it to become stronger it's the metaphor of exercise you know if you if you stress your muscles they become stronger yeah you're not, yes. you're not trying to make them resilient but you're trying to make them stronger so um, I think in terms of what what can we do to use what's happening in order to become, I, I say stronger, but but more more able to, just to to be happy and live our life. How how can we turn that round? It's a challenge, and there are some things that that will be really difficult, maybe impossible. But at the same time, I think there's always a question to be asked okay, here's what happened. How can I use this to, to become better, uh, happier, healthier, stronger, whatever you like? Okay, on that positive note, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say thank you, Joseph. I think that's a good note to end on, yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you. But before you go, can you tell the lovely people out there how they can actually get hold of you, how they can find you out there in this big wide world? Yes, well, you can find my name on the cover of this book for a start, Coaching the Brain. Excellent. Uh, you can go to the website coachingthebrain.com, find me there. You can also find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. And presumably there'll be show notes here where you can, you'll write the links, yeah. Absolutely, yes. Uh, all of that information will be in the show notes. So yes, please go out, purchase a book, find this gentleman. He is a wonderful man and I've got to say yes. My brain feels so much better for talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks very much. It's been it's, it's great to talk with you.
our pleasures. More, more informal type of chatty podcast than many of, of those that are around. Well, I try to keep it fresh. I try to keep it well. <laughs> yeah. Good job. I hope I didn't go on too much about anything in particular. So, uh, I talk about what interests me. So there you go. Like it or not. Okay. I'd, I'd like to say thank you uh, to everyone who's still watching. Uh, my friends, my life warriors. I'd like to say stay safe, stay well, be awesome, be excellent, be fantastic. Be all the positive bees you can be in this world and then some. Have a great day. And yeah. Peace. Um, Thank you. Thanks very much. Right. That's great. And we are.